Merry Christmas, y'all. On obviously December 25th, 2020. It's not gonna stop me from doing this. So, I kinda have a different message today. Uh, you know, people usually do the, the traditional Christmas story. And yeah, this kind of includes that, but at the same time, it takes us all a little further than that. And it's called, He's Not a Baby Anymore. This is important. He's not a baby anymore. I'm not trying to shoot down Christmas. After all, this is the day we want to celebrate his arrival. Ever so important. But at the same time, I want us to recognize that you can't keep him that way. All right, let's get started. There's typically scenes of set up all over the country and the world. Now, there's a few ways to look at it. For some, it's just our tradition, and they feel obligated to set up a nativity scene, but they don't really care what his appearing is all about. Then there's those who set that up, not for their spiritual acceptance of Christ, but as a symbol of hope to fulfill their own desires. In other words, a genie in a bottle. Then there's a few who know what his mission was about. To be born of a virgin in a manger, grow up and be about his father's business, and in his natural life, be a carpenter. To teach, also to teach and have folks accept him as savior, command us to obey him and love one another, and to die a violent death on the cross, to free people from the bondage of sin for those who accept him. Be resurrected after, thir- after three days and then go back to heaven after 33 years and change on earth. He completed his mission. Of course, there's more like what other things were accomplished during his mission. You know, all the physical healings, eternal life was given, demons were cast out, and other miracles. Even his son, no matter what, he completed his mission. The bottom line still being, why do we keep him as a baby? He can't save you as a baby. After Christmas, as it's called, is over, people will go back to their lives, and despite the pandemic, they'll soon be forgotten for another 365 days. My point, while there's no harm in celebrating Jesus' arrival, if he didn't die on the cross or was resurrected, we'd still be in our sins, saints, and therefore we wouldn't be saints. So I guess if he didn't come at all, there'd be no resurrection. And if he came but didn't do the assignment, we'd still be on our way to hell. So people may say, well, what's more important, him coming or him dying on the cross? Well, naturally, if he didn't come, he couldn't die on the cross. So, of course, that's important. 
But if you didn't, if he came and didn't die on the cross, we'd still be in trouble. All right, you know Isaiah nine six says from the NIV. For unto us is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You never get tired of hearing that one, and it also goes into also. His coming is described in Micah 5, chapter 5, and verse 2 for now be. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clan of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, ancient times. See, no, so. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. The Son has always been here. The Son of God has always been here before we were here. Before, before Adam was here, the Son was here. So don't think Jesus came, oh, Jesus came on December 25th. No, he didn't. Spiritually speaking, the Son was always here. Now we celebrate him on December 25th. I don't know the reason. But more likely, Jesus might have been born in the spring. What difference does it make? The important thing is that he got here. Now he died for our sins. So that's what we're going to celebrate. 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 to 12 from the NIV. Jesus, Jesus well, 1 John, okay, John said this. Through the, through the Lord, the Lord gave him words to say. He said, we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is a testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever, whoever believes in the son of God accepts his testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has a Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay? So now some questions people have asked. <clears throat> I won't say my have asked, I have asked this. But isn't Christmas a pagan holiday? Once again, Christ wasn't born on December 25th. So if folks put aside a day to worship his arrival, what's the problem? It's time to bury that question. It really is. It's time to bury that question. Isn't this a pagan holiday? A lot of days can be pagan holidays and you don't even know it. But is it wrong to, is it wrong to give God praise just because it's a pagan holiday? His praise is bigger than the pagan holiday. So, bury that question. Another question people ask, how do you know Jesus even existed? Or how do you know Socrates and Plato and North Anonymous and Galileo, etc. existed? 
Your answer might be, well, by their teachings. Well, Jesus' teachings came while he was an adult. He's not a baby anymore. We can't keep him as one, and each year keeps looking for a future hope that never materializes. That future hope doesn't materialize because if it's not built on the adult teachings, those hopes are just pipe dreams. Every year, I used to be Roman Catholic, and every year, people would just have this hope. All you would hear from like the priest would say, oh, this is a season of hope. Hope for what? That was always my question. <laughs> After a while, after a while, it became hope for what? What are you hoping for? The hope you find in his word. And if you're not willing to go into his word, what are you hoping for? Like I said in the beginning, the second second set of people that hope, have this hope for their own desires, not for what God wants, but for their own desires. So I never know people say, oh, this is the season of hope. Hope for what? Ever ask yourself that question? Hope for what? If it's for my own personal gain, that's wrong. All right, let's go on. Now, Isaiah 9 and 7. Then I'd be. I read Isaiah 9 and 6 for 4. This is nine, Isaiah 9 and 7. Then I'd be. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The greatness of the government and peace, there will be no end. <clears throat> of the excuse me, of the of the greatness of the government and peace, there will be no end. So, you have all these, uh, like I say, you have all these um, political problems. Forget it. When God's gonna make, when Jesus is gonna make it set up, there'll be no more Democrats and Republicans, no more liberals and conservatives. His government will be set up. Man's rule is done. There'll be no more libertarians, no more nothing. They had their time and they're really showing that they don't care about the people. So anybody who's a Republican or a Democrat, I'll tell you to your face, you're being foolish. Because they can't do a thing for you. It's kind of obvious none of them care about you. For four years, people have hated Donald Trump. And then uh, with this stimulus whole business, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi admitted that she held back on it because she didn't want to give Trump a victory. Now, is that is that caring about you? People losing their business, can't pay their bills, can't pay their rent, can't pay their mortgage, and they're playing politics with the money that you need differently. And you wanna you wanna be behind a Republican and a Democrat? That's why I was reading this Jesus government, once it gets set up, man's government is done. Finished. He said he was going to reign on David's throne because 
God, God promised David there was always going to be somebody on his throne. And what better person to have on your throne than Jesus Christ? Okay, I got to read, uh, where's my other Bible? Where I put my other Bible? Oh, right here. Duh. Alright, I'm going to read from St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. I say St. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. <clears throat> You're probably familiar with this story anyway. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. When he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem, searched for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. Jesus said, but why did you need to search, he asked. Did you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in statue and in favor with God and all the people. I'm sure you're familiar with that story. So I hope they have something about, well, it's not much about Christmas, but it was always about his father's business. It was always about doing what he came to do. Even when he was 12 years old, he was doing what he had to do. Now from 12 to um, when Jesus came and started his ministry at 30, there's not much said about him what he was doing during all that time. I think there's one little verse in St. Luke that says has something about he spent his time in the wilderness, in the desert, getting, you know, getting ready for his ministry. Oh, he was under the teachers. How are you going to teach God about himself? That's kind of stupid. Don't add to it, just as he was in the wilderness from that, from I guess when he was 18 or whatever. He was in the wilderness. In the deserts and stuff. So just leave it as that. He was, he was getting himself ready to talk to the Father. Now, here's St. John. Oh, okay. St. John, chapter 14, verse 15, and I'll see. He said, If you love me, 
Keep my commandments. That's very simple, and that's something he gave as an adult when he was in his ministry. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Just one line. And that, unfortunately, is a line that a lot of people, well, yeah, I have to say it, a lot of people of the world fail at. Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And people unknown have said, oh, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. But they don't obey him. So I'm not going any further than that. Because I don't want to be judgmental or criticize anybody. But we have to be careful when we say, Lord, I love you. He said, well, if you love me, give my commandments. And then in First John, he says, and his commandments are not burdensome. So we have to keep that in mind. Like I said, I'm not going any further because I don't want to criticize or judge. But just keep that in mind. I think verse 21 of St. John 14 says, Well, if it keeps my commandments, that's the one who loves me. So you take that any way you want to. So acknowledge Jesus every day of your life. Not just on Christmas and New Year's and Resurrection Sunday, which people, which is known as Easter. Mother's Day, Father's Day, a wedding, or a funeral. If you think that those are the only days that matter, guess again. Every breath I take is a gift. It is for you too. Thank God we made it this far, especially this year. Some people didn't. Remember two things. He's not on the cross anymore, and he's not in the manger. Remember those two things. People buy crucifix crosses and hang them on their neck with Jesus on the cross. Let that mean something. But just know, now you may be wondering because you say, I want to be reminded of the suffering he did for me. That's fine. But just know he's not there anymore. He paid the price. Resurrected, he's alive forevermore. The same thing with the nativity scene. He's not a little baby in the manger anymore. He grew up, left his teaching, now it's time to obey them. Just don't say, oh, baby Jesus, isn't that cute? And then he go on and look like a rat. No, he came, so, and he grew up, left his teachings for us to follow. That's the important thing. I say that to those who say they're saved and those who say they're not saved but consider themselves religious, quote-unquote. So, I'll say one more time. He's not on the cross and he's not in the manger. Merry Christmas and God bless you.